This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. listening to the Knowledge at Wharton podcast. I'm Rachel Kipp, Associate Editorial Director for the Knowledge at Wharton website. We're here today with Wharton Operations, Information, and Decisions Professor Sunny Tambay. Sunny, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. And you're here to talk to us about a couple of your recent research papers. So could you tell us a little bit about what you studied? So uh, I look at, uh, I focus on the the economics of, of technical labor markets, right? So we're, we're in Increasingly moving towards an economy where things are digitized, not just uh, not just uh, tr- traditional uh, products, but think about cars, for instance. When you're shopping for a car, a lot of times people are looking at driver assist features or infotainment features, and so um, increasingly these companies are having to think about or compete uh, for these developers and engineers and data scientists, which, as we know, is a very very tight market. So I study how firms compete in this these markets and what that means for their innovation outcomes, uh, what that means for their performance outcomes, um, how they design their engineering brands to attract these workers, uh, how they design their organizations in a way that facilitates kind of learning about new technologies and so on. Um, I also look at how some of these decisions in turn affect workers' decisions about what firms tech go to uh, or they enter, enter the workforce at all, right? We have this longstanding policy uh, discussion about the IT workforce, the technical workforce, why the markets, why markets for those workers are so tight, uh, and then of course the, the the really hot issues around the composition of the, that workforce, gender uh, imbalance, uh, racial imbalance, and so uh, I also study how some of the economics of these markets influence um, what types of workers choose to enter or not enter the uh, IT workforce, as well as uh, which firms they choose to go to. Now, a couple of your recent papers, one of them looks at IT workers and whether firms that use cutting-edge cutting technology are able to attract more or better workers or to keep them longer. And then the other one takes a closer look at Adobe Flash in particular. Could you tell us a little bit about some of the key takeaways from both of those papers? So, uh, sure. So, the uh, the first paper is looking at uh, – so, going back to this, uh, this how, how, how firms attract uh, talented engineers, developers, data scientists – uh, one of the uh, findings in that paper is that firms on the frontier that are trying to attract uh, developers that are really w- w- interested in learning the newest technologies tend to compete not just on, on wages but also on the kinds of technologies they offer um, and allow these workers to work with. Right? So we know that workers come in and work with these new technologies. They learn something, and that's valuable to them because they can then go to a ne- their next job and, and, and uh, take that with them, take that, um, those skills with them. And so firms that want to attract Workers who really are on the frontier of new technologies really have to offer an environment, uh, not just not just good, not just a good job in the traditional sense in terms of benefits and wages, uh, but also uh, a, a work context in which they can really learn about new technologies and, and and ramp up their skills. So that's the finding in that first paper is looking at that, is looking at how these firms compete in this market, how they choose technologies, um, and then also what that implies for what types of workers choose to work at these firms. So. What that's going to do then is really attract a certain kind of worker, uh, maybe workers who are, are looking at um, learning uh, and those who uh, presumably have maybe a, a longer career ahead of them. So it has some implications potentially uh, for sorting in these markets by age as well, which we're, we're, we're trying to get into. So uh, that's the first paper. Um, the second paper is closely related, and we're interested in that paper in um, how workers react to uh, the death of their skills essentially, right? So um, – Technical skills are kind of unique in that they're often attached to to companies. So, for example, if you're a, 
healthcare IT um, implementation specialist, you might specialize in a particular type of platform. And if that company disappears overnight for some reason, your skills are all of a sudden rendered useless. So um, in this paper, we look at how workers react to that, how they prepare for that ahead of time, and how they think about diversifying their skill sets um, to to uh, be ready if that if that if they face that uh, eventuality. We in particular, look at a really interesting uh, case, which was from a few years ago. Uh, Adobe Flash, of course, is a very um, it was a, it was a skill set that was instrumental to the early web, very very popular in driving web content. Um, and there was a famous case in about 2010 where Steve Jobs posted a, a blog post called "Thoughts on Flash," in which he announced that Apple was no longer going to support Flash on their devices, and that led to a very sharp decline in the demand. Uh, for these skills, a lot of developers started to to move away uh, from from Flash, and so we sort of look at how uh, developers adjusted to that that shock to uh, the market. So, in terms of um, both of these papers, I mean, what are the things like? It seems to point to some interesting things just about the nature of workers and also about the natures of companies. Like in the particular for the first paper. I would see that companies might have an interesting trade-off in terms of they know workers want to work on these cutting-edge technologies, but that also requires a pretty significant investment sometimes by the companies to continue to have these cutting-edge technologies. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think I mean, one of the th- one of the t- key takeaways, I guess, from what we uh, study is that you, know, you hear about companies that that are early adopters of new technologies, and you hear about companies that have these great perks. At work, you hear about companies that locate, and you know, so many companies are located in Silicon Valley these days, or or, or other high tech clusters. Uh, and we 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 argue that this is part of a system, right? And that companies do. There's a lot of advantage, a lot of advantages to being early adopters sometimes, but it, there are significant investments that are required to support that. You can't just say out of the blue, I want to basically jump on the newest thing because it's hard to get the workers that you need to support that. If you really want to play that game, um, it implies these other investments that you're talking about. Maybe locating in markets where rent is high, where real estate is expensive, maybe putting in place um, the uh, the kinds of uh, HR practices that allow workers to be more flexible, to learn on their own time. And those things do cost companies money. So uh, the companies are, need to be quite deliberate when they think about uh, uh, how they build the system, not just an individual uh, piece of this pie. Well, and the flash paper is also interesting because it also points to this idea of, I mean, that if you invest in one technology and then that goes away, you have these group of people that know how to do one thing. And so I mean, what kind of things do you think it brings up in terms of companies' ability to try and retrain people on something else or even just employees having to have that kind of forward-thinking attitude where I maybe I'm doing this now, but I have to keep an eye to what's coming on down the pike so I can be trained in that just in case this goes away. Because it seems like in this tech environment, what's here today is often gone tomorrow or next yeah. week or next year. Yeah, no, I think, that's, I think that's right. I think that's one of the keys to what makes this problem interesting. What makes the economics of these markets interesting is how fast these skills um, appear and then uh, disappear. You know, they depreciate quickly sometimes. And so it does imply a certain kind of forward-looking behavior uh, from workers that, that's pretty interesting. And they, are, they do tend to be relatively instrumental in how they think about working at on Project A versus Project B, as well as Company A versus Company B. If I'm a startup company, for example, with a high risk of failure, and I'm asking people to work on a pro- uh, technology stack that is going to not be valuable to them in the future, that's a hard 
trade-off to ask workers to make, right? And so it does put constraints on the firm's choice of technology in a sense because um, I need to give them one or the other. I need to either give them stability and and a long uh, sort of a rich internal market or I need to basically provide them the skills that that's going to make them valuable out there in the, the market. Well, it's interesting, it seems to me, like with tech, that it doesn't always necessarily like the thing that becomes out of vogue isn't necessarily a bad thing all the time. It's also you kind of have to just go with what is attracting consumers at the time or just what happens to be. I mean, like with the Steve Jobs example, I mean, it wasn't that Flash, I mean, he decided not to use Flash and that doesn't necessarily have anything to do or not to do with whether Flash was good or bad, but because he decided not to, it cut it off a whole platform that people were using. Yeah, it's a fascinating, and we haven't looked into this as much yet, but it's it's come across at the margins of what we've been studying, is how workers kind of converge on particular skills. There's a lot of chatter right, about what should I be studying? What do you guys think is going to be the next hot new thing? Um, And you're right. It's often because of reasons that are unpredictable, political reasons, personal reasons, financial reasons, not necessarily always what's the best technology. And so there's a lot of uh, social network, a lot of online chatter, discussion boards, um, people uh, asking one another, what should I be looking at? What do you think is going to be the next uh, uh, most valuable technology? It's not necessarily something that's written uh, in clear ink. Now, we have time for one more question. What are you doing? What are you looking at now? What's next for this research? So um, we're continuing to look at this uh, skill question, but we're also – I think one of the interesting things that's happening now is that the emphasis on technical skills, we need to find that more broadly. So being comfortable with uh, not only technology but data and algorithms is, is bleeding out to the larger workforce. So we've been thinking about the IT workforce, the IT labor force, which, of course, is incredibly important for innovation and growth. But there are more and more jobs, insurance analysts, HR analysts, product managers, who now increasingly need to be comfortable with data algorithms and so on for their daily uh, job descriptions. Uh, We're seeing that, of course, in the press every day, all these concerns about uh, how do you work with machines, how do you work with large data sets, and so on. And so we're starting to look a little bit at – the implications for the, the broader workforce. Where do we see uh, data, technical skills? Um, where do we see them uh, impacting other types of jobs? I've always liked to look at IT workers kind of as the canary in the coal mine. They, whatever happens to them tends to happen to everybody else about 10 years later, mm-hmm. right? And so I think a lot of the concerns that we have about the IT workforce, uh, may we may start to see for the, the broader workforce um, uh, soon. And so I think it's important uh, to look at the economics of what's going on in that smaller group, because I do think it's going to have these implications maybe for uh, the rest of us fairly soon. And it is kind of something that they've been talking about recently. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about what kind of jobs will be automated in the future, who's going to get pushed out of the workforce, and what what do we do about that? Absolutely. And a lot of the discussions that are now on the uh, the cover of the major newspapers, for instance, are things that IT workers have been facing for a long time, right? Online work, gig work, things like that. Uh, That's old news for a a lot of the IT workforce. So I think there are a lot of lessons that can be transported uh, into uh, the modern, the the current day discussion. They're all out there saying, I told you so. (laughs) Right. Sunny, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You can find all of Knowledge at Wharton's podcasts on our website, which is knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. You can also find us on iTunes. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. 